With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, did you hear? There's Wrangler news. There's Wrangler news? There's Wrangler news. What is it? The Wrangler. You know, that's really cool thing that goes off-road, comes in two-doored, four-doored, the doors come Jeep, off. right? The Jeep Wrangler. Yeah, yeah Jeep the Jeep Wrangler. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't talked to the Jeep Wrangler. We have the Wrangler news. It's been they forever. might put a big V8 in it. Well, that's cool. And they are putting a diesel in it. Like yeah. 440 pound-feet of torque out of that diesel. The which Rubicon is pretty cool. 392, you know, 450 horsepower Wrangler. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome. I wish somebody else made a uh, something that would compete with the Wrangler. Mm. I, I can't think of anything that's currently on sale. It's not a GM product. Speaking of no. GM, where is GM in this discussion? Because we are following up on the fact that the, uh, <clears throat> you may have heard, uh, Ford has a new Bronco coming. Chevy has their melted ice cream of a blazer over here. It's um, That's not even honestly in the same class. It, it's nowhere even close. GM offers nothing in this class. They should have saved the name. That's a great point. They should have they hung should onto have. the name. Right. Yep. The K5 Blazer is the natural counterfoil to the Bronco. It was, it was the truck. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yes, we've got Bronco information, Bronco news, Bronco updates. We're just as intrigued as you are. Mm-hmm. For the life of me, I can't figure out why Ford's share price is $6.06 and Tesla's share price went down to 1670 <laughs> It dropped like $128. Yeah, that's, that's a stock not connected to logic. Ford. There's a lot of illogical things going on there. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Ford is making... Cars and trucks. Mm-hmm. They build stuff. Yeah. And right now, as of this recording, they're building the hottest thing that everybody wants. It is the new Bronco. Everybody yeah. wants it. Yeah. It's They have nailed it. Tell me a way they haven't nailed it. Honestly, looking through all the information, which we'll go through a little bit more, but reading about it, watching the reveal, as I'm mm-hmm. sure you have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're having trouble thinking of, well, they should have done that a little differently because they thought of stuff. Yeah. And it was more, to me, of an exercise in amenities and features rather than necessarily the styling because the, the car yeah. almost styled itself. Uh, possibly. I mean, they definitely you're, – you're speaking to the fact that they spent a good amount of time talking about how you can use these, both the four-door, two-door Bronco and then the Sport, which is an alt – and how you can use them, all the accessories you can do. I mean, it's it's almost. I know this sounds weird. It's almost mini style thinking. How do you want your Bronco? You know, even Very further true. than Very the true. Wrangler. And they clearly. I mean, obviously, the Wrangler is clearly the benchmark and clearly being stared at. Oh yeah. And then they looked at all the ways people use the Wrangler and said, "How can we make that work as well or better?" So it, it was it was very calculated. Mm-hmm. And there's a few mm-hmm. things. I, I think you're more in love than I am. I, I, oh, all, all of the okay. reveals, reveals make me cynical. I have to, admit, I know they, they do. always make me cynical. There's, yeah. there's many. Well, speaking of style, yes, it was very much design and I think it's well designed. Paul Wraith is the head of design, the chief designer of the new Bronco. So big shout out and congratulations to him. And here we've got the Bronco that is back, which fascinates me. First of all, that the hottest new thing is old. We had to look backward. Ford yeah. had to yeah, yeah. dig back and redo something, but it just seemed like the market was ripe, and they're re-democratizing off-roading for everybody, even though Jeep has mm-hmm. you know, kind of done that for years. Well, they're offering an alt. They're offering a straight-up alt very much to the Wrangler. Because, look, I, I know you're saying, you know, here's all the other things you can off-road, Forerunners, Land Cruisers, you know, pick your brand of, you know, I want to go off-road this. But the Wrangler has been unique, not only historically, but just as the easily removable doors, accessorize the heck out of it. 
you know, huge family of everything. You can do whatever you want with a Wrangler. There really hasn't been something as directly targeted as this clearly is mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to sell a zillion of them. I think Probably. everybody's going to want one. Whether or not you do what it's actually capable of doing, irrelevant. Well, but that's the Wrangler too. I mean, the Wrangler. The, Absolutely. Look, we, we live here in Utah and we're four hours from Moab. Everybody has a Raptor. There's Nobody tons of Raptors here and there's tons of Wranglers here that I don't think have ever been anywhere but pavement. And then we're close enough to Moab that you go down there and you see plenty of stuff that is used hardcore. So we're right, I feel like, like a tipping point area where we have enough wealth in the Park City, Salt Lake area that people just buy them to have them. Mm-hmm. And then oh, there's yes. plenty of people that buy them and can't, they aren't even road capable anymore. They have to tow them somewhere to off-road them because they've gone so nuts. So we see all of it. Um, Indeed. I, questions I have. <laughs> I, I can have feel many. the cynicism. I've only seen it through the video. Okay. But I'm, I'm asking this as a question. Is this attractive? Is it good looking? It's rugged looking. Is it good looking? I think it's going to be good looking to off-road enthusiasts and people who love trucks. I think it is going to be good looking. And interestingly, a squarish boxy shape Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. has always been in vogue. It's always been looked at. True, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Range Rovers. Mm -hmm. The Rolls-Royce Cullinan. Yep. Is a box on wheels. You're right, it is, yep. It's always something to come back to and some iteration of that as, Mm -hmm. in some cases, more of a luxury item. But in this case, it's back to the basics. Yeah. So there is a lot of sculpting on these surfaces, on these panels. There actually is quite a bit of design to make this all work with the new chassis and then work with engineering because it's full of features and functionality, which is fantastic. Roof racks for everyone. And then the sport. We're talking about the sport and wondering about the chassis underneath the sport because it clearly is a different one than the two-door, four-door and it very much is targeting you're not really the off-roader of the two-door four-door this is this is honestly it's the Range Rover sport it's like the mini Range Rover variant of this that is much more luxurious but does have cool things like an internal bike rack and that kind of stuff except I want to be geeky for a minute I hate having to take front wheels off bikes it annoys yeah. me. But anyway, yeah. okay, so there's that. Let's start with power. How about that? Okay, sure. That, Let's that's start a, that's with power. a safe place to be. Yeah. The Bronco has at the top level the 2.7 liter EcoBoost V6, 310 horsepower, 400 pound-feet of torque. 400. It's a S- lot. Small engine, lots of output. The engines go down from there in displacement. Yes, and then they All get of them. smaller from there. 2.7 liter is yeah. the big engine. This is this is very interesting in comparison to Jeep, who I've been saying for a while, why is the 3.5 liter V6 the biggest engine you have? And they're now saying, maybe a V8. And then meanwhile, Ford jumps out with, out front, here's our big engine, 2.7 liters. Yes, but it does leave the door open for future V8 upgrades, for future special models that True. have a bird and the horse on the same car. Fair point. Yeah. Bronco Raptor, telling you it's mm-hmm. coming. The Shelby Bronco. The Shelby Broncos. I, so you got the, the, iterations. The, the snake and the horse. Oh. The bird and the horse, the snake and the horse. Oh, the, the snake is riding the bird, riding the horse. There you go. Just, Possibly, yeah. You know, yeah. Except the Raptor, I think, is they're intending for you to think more along the lines of the dinosaur. So now we have the dinosaur snake and horse. Mm. I don't know what that is. It has two <laughs> engines, one in the front, one of the 2.7 liters in the back. I don't know what Suddenly happens. Suddenly it's yeah. Hot Wheels. Okay, so the engine down from there is the 2.3 liter EcoBoost. Mm-hmm. And That's this a Ford expects, It's been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. 270 horsepower, 310 pound feet. Decent. Okay. Yeah, and that's, it, that's actually in line with some of the Wrangler engines that are bigger still, but keep going. Indeed. So then we go over to the Bronco Sport. The top engine over here is the 2 liter EcoBoost, 245 horsepower. That's the big engine. And then the entry-level engine on the Bronco Sport is a 1.5-liter EcoBoost three-cylinder. 
Horses don't have three legs. They have four. <laughs> this is true. They do have four legs. Yeah. They have four. Mm, yeah. Why three? Three? No. Well, but Ford's being somewhat successful. That's actually, isn't that the engine out of the new Fiesta ST? It could be. It's 181 horsepower and 190 yeah. pound feet of torque. Pretty sure that's the Fiesta ST engine for Europe. Mm. That little three cylinder. But Ford's oh. awful happy about their turbo engines, which they call EcoBoost inexplicably for the last 15 yeah. years. Oh, so, eco yeah. they are, but they're mm, boosty. They are boosty. Yeah. For sure. You know, we've covered the styling a little bit. I think it is very. Very appropriate and no surprises here. For all the spy photos you've seen, no surprises. The panels are very clean and simple. And to be honest, the exterior looks like a custom build shop got a hold of a Bronco mm-hmm. and kind of made it how they would have would have wanted to. Okay. They smoothed right. a lot of corners and filled in things that you think, well, that's just a little flat. And then they mm-hmm. kind of swelled out some fenders and kind of made it look like a custom sure. yeah, yeah. look in a way. So there's a lot of smooth integrations. The A-pillars into the glass, into the hood are a good example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is some flow there. There are some clean lines and there just doesn't need to be any extraneous anything. All you need are wheel arches on a box. Yeah. Just think wheel arches and then accentuate the wheel arch and then have a little highlight over the accentuation over the fender of the wheel arch and a box. That's all you need. I'm having a thought. Okay. You should do a design video where you take the blazer and make it what it should be. Okay. Challenge accepted. Because that's where is the GM? blazer needs They've to taken uh, the blazer. The blazer has become, I am a dad that really wanted a Camaro, but I have to get a seven seater. That's yes, the blazer. Yes. Which I kind of see the logic, I but it's, it's a staggering missed opportunity here to make an actual competitor in. Imagine a world of Wrangler, Bronco. Imagine a world. Uh, Wrangler, Bronco, and Blazer. <laughs> As like, take the doors off. Let's go mudding. That could be very, very cool. Yeah. I, I have to call Ford out, though, on two things. Okay. They clearly have a marketing department that's super proud of themselves about this vehicle. <laughs> that is getting in the habit of naming things. Yeah. And they're, yeah. And they're mm, it might be a room full of MBAs. It might be, who knows who they are. But the and point is. And with respect to MBAs, my dad was an MBA. MBAs, uh, respect. Mm. But both you and I have had I- issues Thoughts? Places where people come in and uh, think they have the answer. You can't see my air quotes. I feel like there's a lot of, I got it, I got it going on in this car, and I'll give you two right away. Okay, go. The goes over any type of terrain mode, (laughs) the goat mode. Now, I immediately um, thought Ford was bragging, calling themselves the greatest of all time. I immediately thought that when I I saw it. This is the thing. Because either A... Ford doesn't know that GOAT is being referred to like crazy in sports and everywhere else as greatest of all time. It's Muhammad Ali. I think of GOAT I know, and it's Muhammad Ali. But the end. All kinds of sports debates, yes. car debates about the GOAT. Either they are ignoring that it exists and don't know, which yeah. I don't think, yeah. or they know it exists and they've come up with a stupid acronym to allow them to put it on the car and go, no, 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 we're not declaring ourselves greatest of all time. That's the goes over any type of terrain mode. Which is a little disingenuous. I thought it was, oh, hey, it's like a mountain goat and it's some other acronym and, you know, goes like a goat. Okay, but then I didn't even, I didn't even, that's not what goat refers to. The minute I saw it, I was like, that is, I'm not, okay, not family friendly words. It's, (laughs) that really bothers me. And then I thought that was the end. And then there's another one. Oh, there's more. There's more. Oh, yes. Because somebody somebody at some point while developing this was like, well, that goes over rocks like a mountain goat. We've got our goat mode. But then somebody else must have said, this truck's a hoss, man. And now they've figured out an acronym that allows them to declare that the Bronco is a hoss. It has a hoss system on it. And somebody is so proud of themselves. Yes. And I wish it stopped there. High performance off-road suspension. 
Haas mm. suspension. Good, good job. Okay. I wish it stopped there, but you happen to know another one. This was not mentioned as part of the reveal. No, it wasn't, but we're going to call it out right now. But if you dig in a little bit further to the Bronco experiences and the community that Ford is building around the Bronco, one of them is an off-road and outdoor adventure playground coming to four U.S. locations in 2021. And let us put this in perspective. Ford, honestly, has pulled a genius move in the last few times they've sold performance cars. The Fiesta ST was this way, the Focus, etc. The Mustang, the Mustang yep, GT, yep. the Ford GT. Agreed. If you bought one of their kind of specialty... The, yeah, the Ford GT itself, a supercar. Yeah, one of their, yeah. their specialty performance cars, you got, you had to travel yourself there, but for a while it was here in, in Salt Lake, you got to come to a track day and be trained in your car and all of its capabilities. And so they have these driving events, and I applaud Ford, and I wish every manufacturer would do one of these events. So, of Indeed. course, Indeed. they're going to do one for the Bronco, and here we go back to the room of people naming things. According to Ford, it's designed for all skill levels with experiences that aim to build confidence and inspire Bronco owners uh-huh. to get out in the wild for years to come. Uh-huh. It's called the Off-Rodeo. There it is, it, the Bronco Off-Rodeo. Oh, oh, the, oh, the Off-Rodeo is the just... Off-Rodeo. Somebody's so excited about themselves for the Off-Rodeo. I wish Monty Python would do a whole skit on that. They're, they're congratulating. They How went out, funny would that They be? went out for coffee the minute they got That was like their mic drop moment of the day. <laughs> I got it, guys. It's the off-rodeo. See ya. Break time. Oh. There's also the Bronco Nation and Bronco merchandise, and they have thought about every accessory. Mm-hmm. Roof racks for every Bronco. So yeah, the off-rodeo is coming. And as a matter of fact, Utah Motorsports Campus near us here in Salt Lake used to be the home for Ford Performance mm-hmm, Racing, mm-hmm, Ford yeah. Performance. Yeah, yeah. They moved all the pavement activities to Charlotte Motor Speedway in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But the Raptor program has remained. The dirt and off-road program has remained here. So we're hoping that Utah Motorsports Campus here in Salt Lake remains one of the off-rodeo locations. <laughs> I can't <laughs> say it. You couldn't even I get through it. it. You, try, you tried so hard to sell that. You just oh, wanted to. Re- you it. really did try to sell it. I applaud you. I'm not even. You notice I'm not even trying. I can't. I cannot right. with a straight face say off rodeo, <laughs> and not then shake my head and just no. Oh, we hope it's here. Bring, bring your bring your goat of a bronco and it's prove it's a hoss. <clears throat> prove it's a hoss at the off rodeo. Yeah, I just worry about all the vanity plates. This is going to inspire now too. Just think of the combinations. They're, they they are just... endless. Let's move to the interior briefly. Okay. I do like the roof rail, not the roof rail, the mount on the top of the instrument panel where you can mount all the GoPros, one of which that should be pointed at you to measure the level of fear that you're going to have getting yourself into situations with your new aforementioned Bronco. Yes. I'm sure they're going to mount them on the off-rodeo experience. They're going to screw GoPros are, yeah. to that rail. But I see one lonely OSG. One. One little tiny handle. You're wanting a lot of grab handles? I want a jungle gym. I want it to look like <laughs> monkey bars in there. Where's the kid's playground right in front of you, screwed to the instrument panel, and I can choose from 10 different handles. Depending upon the angle of the truck. The angle of the truck, the level of my fear. Yeah. <laughs> I can carabiner passengers into this thing. That's I can funny. clip everything to it. Where are the handles? That's very funny, especially considering they? the fact that the driver, as we know, always has a handle, but the passengers never have enough. One right in front of you. Not down low near the shift where you can ha, ha, ha. You need opposing handles, one on the center console, one on the door yes. that are both beefy. And then you need, you're right, you need the one at the, at the airbag uh, glove yes. box location. That, that, that's minimum. 
figure out how to make the airbag explode through the handle or something. And then cool. you're right. There's got to be like 45 other handles depending upon the handle of the car. That's a good point. Because yeah. based on the footage that Ford has showed us, they bashed the you-know-what out of these pre-production trucks yes. to bring us the off-road flavor. Did you also Where are the notice handles that accompany that flavor? There was never anybody in the passenger seat. And no. whoever was driving that was always strapped in 45 ways and wearing a full face and helmet. And had a full face helmet on. <laughs> That's like, not uh, how people are going to off-road. Off-roading, but sorry, side rant. <laughs> off-roading <laughs> is like boating in one major area. Okay. People forget about the fact that if you drink, you can't do it as well. Uh, yeah. I have, I have watched uh, in Moab, I have seen, I'm sure, fully well to, well-meaning parents, well-meaning parents, Driving those the full of, well, razors, okay, the oh, four-seat yeah, four yeah, razors, yeah. clearly drunk, with a beer in their hand, with kids in the back. Uh, yeah. And you see it, You see, pick a lake, just just pick a lake. I don't even care what lake it is. There are people out there drinking and boating. Apparently, mm-hmm. we have gotten the message across that drinking and driving, bad. Even the people that do it, know it's bad. Okay, but drinking and boating and drinking and driving your razor up a vertical cliff, no problem. This is my concern. We're going to have drinking and <laughs> no roads. There's no. Pavement. We're going to have drinking and Bronco, mm, drinking like and drinking Bronco. and Wrangler. And meanwhile, the people in the test footage are strapped in and wearing a full face helmet. And I guarantee you, they were sober. Teach them to drive that seven speed manual transmission if you're going to teach them something. Yeah, I agree. So that's a good point. Seven speed manual or ten speed auto. And well, this is all cool. No middle beam. You can I do stand think- up and. Fly 200 feet off of Exactly. Well, but see, but Great. the nice thing about the crossbar is, A, less crushing of passengers, and B, when you stand up, you've got something to lean against. I'm just saying. You know, there, yeah. there, there's trade-offs here. I mean, I'm okay. impressed that they did it. What I'm actually impressed by is the fact that they figured out a way. I'm sure this is one of those things that works once, and then you go, I'm never doing that again. But they figured out how you can take all four doors off your four-door Bronco and fit them in the back. They have. The roof That's goes impressive. back there, too. That's Equal impressive. amounts of dirt on everything. Yes, everything can still get dirty. It's not like you left the doors at home to stay clean. Everything gets dirty. It's no. just it's packed in the back now. Yeah. So then when you put them all back on, everything's dirty. While Perfect. you're rolling, you can mm-hmm. you know trap that dirt on the inside. You better believe. Hey, nice. They didn't mention if it's got a floor drain plug. It should. They it should. They're yeah. going to be have hose out interiors. Or you can pull an Elvis and just shoot your own. Yeah, you could. <laughs> I guess you could. Hey, the Bronco is here, and. Uh, Let's hope the stock price for Ford goes up maybe a dollar. Meanwhile, Tesla's just burning cash over here. Well, but but uh, but I'm going to come back to if you're in the market for a Bronco or a Wrangler, go buy a new one. Because Indeed. This, this Indeed. is the other side of enthusiast cars where it's just these are things that are not typically, even though I think the Bronco will be, not typically massive volume sellers and are made for a purpose. Go buy one and use it for that purpose. That would be cool. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when you're trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is incredibly important. And this applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. We know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss that ideal car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. Summer is finally here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. You know, the leather seats that you thought were a great idea until you scald your legs. Luckily, all you need is a custom sunscreen from our friends at Covercraft. They're awesome. They're amazing. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car and keep your car cooler when you're off enjoying the sunshine. These custom sunscreens come in a variety of colors 
and they're an affordable and simple way to keep your car cooler in the summer and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens. I, I love it. It's one of our very favorite car accessories. Remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code every day right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. Lee S. in L.A. writes to us. He's never really had a need to write in before. Mm-hmm. but Until now. He does now. He's got a one-and-a-half to two-hour commute. Mm. For his commute car in L.A., he's got a Mercedes C350E plug-in hybrid, perfect yeah, for L.A. Yeah, traffic. Yeah. That's perfect, yeah, I Gets agree. him into the carpool lanes. For weekends, canyons, and tracks, he owns a 997.1 Porsche Carrera 4S. Very nice. Perfect. He was happy with his garage. Until last weekend, as of the writing of his email, mm. he totaled a C4S at Laguna Seca. Which which sounds bad oh. enough. That That right there sounds terrible. Then he tells us how. He had brake failure heading into the corkscrew that put him into the tire wall. He came out unscathed. Lee, we are thankful and no kidding. just overjoyed you're okay. It's still a car. Human yes. life first. Yes, absolutely, yes. I don't care if it's a 997. But now the uh, 997 has to be retired. Well, retired is, is a nice way to put it. He yeah. said he could send photos if we wanted to cry. Here's the thing about Laguna Seca. There are a lot of things about it that are cool, but we actually were there one year for the Monterey Historics and saw this happen to a Testarossa. Yeah. Because if a you're coming up, if you're coming up the, the main hill and then you have the big peak at the top that goes oh, yeah. into the top of the corkscrew, if you don't have brakes right there, all you'll see is tire wall. Well, you, you get light right at the top. And, because and of the you, hill. And you have to slam on it. You've been thundering yeah. up the hill. Yeah. So if you lose your brakes there, it is all about the tire wall. That's what happened. This C4S is uh, done and totaled. And uh, he did not have track day insurance. I'm going to say it here because it fits. It does, yeah. Haggerty does track day insurance. Paul and I get it every time we go. Yes. It is phenomenal. Yep. And I highly recommend it. Lee, I know, <clears throat> little too little too late there. Yeah. But because you didn't get track day insurance and normal insurance doesn't cover your car. Side note, if you don't know. Many insurance policies call it out, and others will fight you on it if your car was wrecked at a track day. Yeah, yeah. So he's not getting an insurance payout, which means the 9-11 is done, and it's not coming back. So quickly, we have a problem for Lee. Mm. All right. So in addition to that, he has taken an approximately 30% pay cut recently. So the funds are not there to go out and buy another 9-11 and replace it. Wow. We're sorry to hear. And now... In the process of buying a home, he cannot afford to buy back a two-car garage just yet. Technically, it would be a three-car garage, but Lee's got two kids, and he says the Suburban is not going anywhere. That's the outlier. They will have the Suburban. So he's had the commuter and the fun car. The Suburban is the standby. So now we have to take two cars. The 911 now is a husk of its former self. (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's true. And then there's the C350. He needs to do a car that does all. Yes, yes. He says the C350E will not cut it as a do-it-all car. So time to go shopping, which is why he's writing. This car must do everything while being able to keep Lee smiling when pushed. Mm. And he said this is no easy task coming from a 997. It needs to be able to handle at least two or three HPDE events a year. And it must have some sense of maturity, he says, given he occasionally has a client in the car with him. But it is usually just one person. So good news, two-seaters are okay. Okay, good. Good, good. All right. At first, he wrote budget is 40000 45000 max Paul limiter. But then he sent us a quick follow-up email and says, oh, I brain farted. It should be lower than that, 35000 yeah. to 40000 max. Yep. I 
We'll pretend I didn't see this. You're going to you're going to just go with 45. I got it. I got it. I see that. Lee keeps coming back to a BMW certified M240i. But what do we think? Hmm. Where'd you go? I, I think I have an answer, but I also have some wild cards as well. I've got one car. Do you? The one car, Lee, that will be the replacement that does what you need. I, see, I'm wondering if we went the same place because I see your M240. I see it. I get it. Be a good, solid choice. That's fine and all. But you know what you can get used for 40, 45 grand? Mm. An early M2. Oh, good. Well, yeah. Just yeah. I, I think that's it because yeah. any client you take in an, in an M2 is just going to see nice middle of the, of the model range BMW. Unless they're a car, they're just going to see BMW. It's it's fine. True, true. When you commute in that car, it's going to be not what it's designed for, obviously. But okay, it'll commute fine. But then when you have a back road or a track or whatever that you take it to, it'll be a lot of fun. We loved it on the ring. We've driven the M2 other places. It's the better M240. When we like the M240, go get an M2 and be happy. I think that is the obvious choice here. But where'd you go? I went with one car, Lee, and I do feel you with your missing Porsche. I, it's one of those things where the car was now taken from you, and you need yeah, something, yeah. as you said, that still puts a smile on your face, mm-hmm. that still gives you a, a level that the Porsche gave you. I, I definitely understand. But the one car, the one car, especially since you mentioned BMW, okay. is a 2021 Toyota Supra 2.0. Mm, I do see that. Starts at $42,990, and the one you want isn't much more expensive than that. That is a good choice. You won't even feel it in the payment. I promise. I'm, I'm glad you went there. Because you're driving the Supra. I'm glad you went there because I actually thought of it. I'm really glad you're covering it. The two liter is plenty of all of the above, and you would enjoy that car on the track. You would, and the Porsche Connection, Lee, is the wheelbase. It has the wheelbase of the Cayman, Mm -hmm. and that was the benchmark target for the Supra. Mm -hmm. They were wanting to play on the same just be on the same arena. It didn't even have to match the game. They just said, are we, are we there? And oh yes. So we've got, we've got that comparison video with the 2021 Supras online. So mm-hmm. go watch that. Yep. I think you will love it. You need to drive the Supra. It does feel in some ways like a BMW. It has that mm-hmm. disguise at speed kind of thing. Totally, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the quality is there. And then just the way that car dances is so specially. Well, yeah, we did, do that video that Paul's talking about on YouTube. That was the two liter versus the three liter. So the four cylinder versus the straight six that is on there. We have one coming soon to television and then to YouTube. That is the two liter versus it's two liter sibling. Mm-hmm. The 86 It's going to be a very fun piece. I I think that is that the first time you've recommended the two liter super. I think it may yes, be. It is. And yeah. I'm thrilled it to is, be able it to is, recommend it to Lee. You're right. Lee is a really good match for that car. I do like that. I was going to also say to you, Lee, in my wild card category, I don't think they're quite right for you. In fact, I think the Supra's better, but a Cayman, good. still Porsche, yeah. usable, cheaper than your 911 across the board, or a Corvette. Corvettes are awesome. That'd you be a lot of fun. Wouldn't have any issues with maturity levels on either. We're not getting you into a Civic Type no. R, okay, or a Focus <laughs> RS or anything like exactly. that. There's nothing wrong. with Get yourself an old Grand Sport. Oh, yeah. You know, to get get one of those for forty grand. You we you can find C sevens for forty grand all day long. Oh, those easy. are good cars. Get the Z fifty one pack, but you'd like that as well. Those are my wild cards. But I really think it might be between the M two and the two liter Supra. Do you? That, yeah. Those are really good choices for Lee. I hope he likes one. DriveShare is the coolest online car sharing platform around. It's simple. By connecting car owners with renters, DriveShare unlocks the joy of driving. 
Renters can find special cars that they can't believe they can drive that bring the awesome out of every moment, and owners can earn extra cash to fund their passion to have the cars in the first place. To sign up, cruise over to driveshare.com or download the app on Apple, iOS, or Android. That's driveshare.com. Jumping into questions on Facebook, Gabriel is asking this question. I'll just go ahead and dive into it. He says it's a personal question. No, it's not. It's a business question. How do we make money off the podcast? Mm. Gabriel, this may sound weird, but I am going to step into this for just a second. And that is this whole show, the podcast, the TV show, the movies, the YouTube channel, we are ad driven. We don't charge you guys because we want to be ad driven. Now, if you go on Amazon and it's brand new content, guess what? That costs money. Ultimately, here's the point I want to make. If you have content, it costs money to produce. Mm -hmm, The one thing that started with Napster and then became YouTube and other things has has tweaked in our society is the impression that I should get entertained for free. Mm -hmm. I should just be able to get whatever I want for free. And so every now and then we have people that rage at us for daring to charge for things like our movies and Amazon and that kind of stuff. I, I get where it comes from, but everything in life is a transaction. Okay? We try to soften that transaction for you guys. We're not charging for the podcast, obviously, and that's why we run ads. Mm -hmm. And we try to be very, very careful that the people that we partner with, that are our sponsors, are not whoever walks in the door. Guys, we get emails from sponsors. Yeah, we do. Hey, we want you to sponsor, and we we go, that's not a match. We turn people away because we want it to be products that we believe in, we have some sort of relationship to, we have actually used. There's a trust level with you listening, with you, our audience, trusting us for what we recommend and what we say. We want you to be delighted and say, well, they're not just you know recommending some garbage thing to me now. Hopefully, and I'm yeah. not going to trust those guys anymore. We want you to just be absolutely delighted and be like, those guys are right. That's fantastic. And I saved money. That's mm-hmm. what I want. So guys. that's the reason that we do the codes and that kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, there's some places where you are just actual, actually renting or buying our content that doesn't have sponsor support behind it. That That exists as well. But by and large, we try to offset costs with just sponsors to give it to you guys. And that is definitely how the podcast is run. Thanks for the question. And there's your answer. Andrew Stein has a mountain bike and Porsche question. Uh Just got his first mountain bike, a GT Avalanche 29. Yeah. 29 wheel size. So he's heading out every day to local trails. Well done, Andrew. What is our preferred method of transporting the bike on the car? You've seen roof racks and hitches and some contraption that sits on the back of the car with straps. Yes, there is that too. (laughs) Paul, have you ever transported your bike on the Cayman? I have not yet. And you know, it's a leading candidate for his next car and wondering if we've ever transported a bike with it. If not, would you and how? Yes, I would. And even though Sea Sucker is not a sponsor, we've talked to them. We would love to have them as a sponsor, but Sea Sucker cool. builds some very, very high quality stuff. They're suction cups that mount to your car mm-hmm. that you can then customize. Skis, bikes, you could have them sideways hanging out into traffic. Don't do that, but you could. In, yeah. Indeed, don't do that. Yeah. But that is what we would use. Again, we have... We recommend that based on our experiences with them and inspecting the products at SEMA. So we have a little bit of experience with them, but they are very high quality and a a small company in Florida. Does your Cayman have the inserts for the roof rack, though, on the rails? No, the Cayman GTS does not. But the normal Cayman does? The Cayman and the Cayman S do have those roof rails where you can attach a roof rack. So you can do that roof rack thing as another option if you don't do the sea sucker idea, which is, let's be honest, suction cups and straps like you're talking about. The sea sucker thing is good. You can do the, the rack. I am a huge believer in the hitch. However, the Cayman has central exhaust ports, doesn't it? It does. Which makes the hitch impossible. I wouldn't put a hitch on that. Well, you can't. Yeah. But 
if you do approach Seasucker, let them know that we recommended them. Just mm-hmm. give them a little shout out and say, yeah, hey, cool. the guys at Everyday Driver would love to sponsor you because we get these kind of questions and we want to show off our own cars. We think Lotus with rack and Cayman with rack and <laughs> drive into our favorite mountain bike hill. That would be amazing. But yes, we usually use the hitch rack and uh, it goes right off the hitch off the expedition and you off the Cayman. Yeah, the Cayenne. Cayenne, the Cayenne excuse yeah, me. Yeah. Cayenne, Cayman, they're all the same. Well, they're not all the same, but they're entirely <laughs> on exhaust placement, which is the big issue here exactly. for, for a lot of people. Uh, Hayden BRZ on Instagram says, does any t- tips for first-time autocross? A few, but I'll give you the best answer. Mm. Go to everydaydriver.com, go to the writings tab, and Nate, who does our motorcycle reviews under Cycle Report, has also written a couple pieces on autocrossing, specifically beginning autocrossing, and they're excellent. He's done more autocrossing than all of us, honestly. He's done a ton of he it has, in his yes. FRS. So I would say go there and read his autocross stuff. One thing I will tell you, he mentions it as well, but one thing I will tell you is don't spend a bunch of money on your car. Go with no expectations. Yes. Just go and enjoy and be willing to learn. But he's got great stuff on the website, so go there. Andrew Miller asked me a design question. Why do so many volume cars that are not sporty, why do they try to look sporty by adding fake air intakes that are not intakes? They're just a piece of black plastic or aggressive body panel designs. Well, if you look at the new Supra, it's got those very same things. Yeah, it does. Where you think the panel overlap is actually a vent or an intake. No, it's not. It can be for the, the guys who want to mod their cars, the folks that want to mod it or drift them, whatever that is, they can be. They can poke them out and you know suddenly suppose, new intake yeah. or actually direct air to their brakes, whatever that is. But for the most part, it's visual interest. Mm-hmm. Designers want to capture your eye, your imagination. And why do you want to buy a, a low-level car and just it's just boring? If it has a little bit of visual interest <laughs> and some sportiness and spice and – Okay, well, maybe that pushes me over the edge. And as a matter of fact, that's why styling is so important to car design. It's good. Travels with George J says, okay, hang on. Help me. Help me understand my neighbor who has a three-car garage and parks all of his expensive cars in the driveway or the street with no concern for heat or hail. Uh, George, I expect that garage looks like my my in-law's garage. Have you ever seen that neighbor's garage door open? I suspect you haven't. I suspect you haven't because I'm thinking that behind that garage door is a series of shelves and a bunch of storage, and it is used as storage and shelving and maybe organized, maybe not organized at all, but the cars are outside because there's actually nowhere to put them inside. My (laughs) in-laws in the 20-plus years I have known them have rarely ever gotten more than one car in their multi-car garage. And it's sometimes none. Just smiling over here. Because the garage is always a war zone of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my suspicion. And and look, you can debate the other side of the equation, which is, look, he's not precious with his cars, which is, fi- which is fine. But I think this is a necessity reality. And I bet you that garage, you've never even seen it open. Mm-hmm. All right. Nick Elaine would love to hear our take on 3D printing. He recently reached a point where he uses 3D printer more than his torque wrench for car parts. It's mm. currently printing an adapter for some very pretty window cranks to put <laughs> in the Miata. Well, it's a leap from a torque wrench. CAD and 3D printing have gotten so much more accessible. I agree. And he would put it on par with welding as a skill for a home mechanic. Mm. Absolutely. 3D printing is kind of where it started. But if you want to use the pro term, Nick, it is additive manufacturing. And the company I used to work for is Autodesk, and they make the software for 
that the industries where that is being used. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, they're even going into more light weeding techniques where they have a solid piece and using generative design, they're figuring out the computer modeled iteration that still has the same strength and you can kind of shift it one way more for visual effect. You can shift it this way a little bit for more, you know, strength and, mm. and the computer will automatically the software automatically sure. thicken members or carve out places where you just don't need the material there. And then you can settle on a middle ground exactly where you want it. And then you can 3D print that. You can use additive manufacturing on wow. that. Wow. And I mentioned a couple podcasts ago, HRE Wheels is doing titanium additive manufacturing. So where this is going is what you're doing. I think the future is replaceable parts. And if you can actually graduate to metals, this mm. is huge because yeah, then you can yeah. 3D print a metal part, replacement part for your car, your piece of furniture, that furniture leg that broke, whatever that is. That's kind of where things are going. The problem is it's still slow and nobody's mm-hmm. ever figured out how to speed it up to mm-hmm. make it a, at a manufacturing level where every other technique is used. Injection molding, mm-hmm. you know, blow molding, CNCing, all that kind of stuff. It's just not fast enough. Okay. But for what you're using it for, mm. excellent. That is where the industry is going. There's a lot of 3D printed parts on military aircraft now and tanks and mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe the applications now, but it's slow. That's and it always will be. But I say for the home enthusiast, the hobbyist, the, it's just going to be a proliferation. You'll just log on, buy the digital file, print the part. Print it at home, be yep. done. Amazing. 11 p.m. says on Instagram, "Okay, we've inherited a 2008 M5 with the V10." <laughs> Would we not bother and just put it right back up for sale or would we drive it like crazy until it inevitably explodes? I'm bringing this up because we just drove one. We just drove an 08 M5 with the V10. Honestly, we drove it because it was the only car we could think of that's scarier than the two sedans we bought. Honestly. Indeed, yes. I mean, we have our two crazy sedans that we bought. By the way, brief side note. There were there have been a few people. Thank you, all of you who have watched the road trip piece we did on those two crazy sedans. There's been a surprising, like measurable percentage of people who have just said, "Why didn't you guys buy a Lexus LS?" Because I don't <laughs> think any of us want to watch us just drive a Lexus LS a thousand miles and be like, "Guess what? It runs." Video the, number forty six. It still runs. Yeah. The, the thing is, the thing is, look, we bought these crazy sedans so you don't have to. <laughs> so that yeah. we can talk about how crazy they really are. In the case of this M5, actually, one of our uh, listeners, longtime listeners, Rohit, was on a road trip. He's had an M5 with the V10 for a few years. The first year he had it, he was terrified of it but loved it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then he just decided, I'm going to start driving this. And now he does big road trips. And he came cross-country and he came through our area and we, we shot a fast blast. So that brings me back to your question, which is, if we had one, I would drive it. I would drive it until it died, which might be next week or might be a few years from now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Rohit had an interesting uh, experience. We talk about a lot in the Fast Blast coming up. By and large, look, he's taken it on cross-country road trips now. So he's learned to trust it and learns what it, learned what it needs. But again, it is in the same category as the Maserati Quattroporte and the Volkswagen Phaeton, yeah. which is a please avoid. And yet there are those of us out there crazy enough to not. <laughs> David F. Diaz on Instagram asks, if you could only use two words to convince someone to own a Porsche, what would they be? Okay. David, no substitute. They've used that for years. That's not Uh, me. I know. That's them. They've used that for years. And I completely agree. 
Baloo 240 is saying, is there any logic for having a hideous two-spoke steering wheel? He's looking at the C8 Corvette. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Isn't it, I mean, it's just design playing around. I mean, think about the old, honestly, they're not two-spoke, but they almost are. Look at the old uh, 80s Porsches with the big rectangle through the middle. I mean, it, it officially attached it four places, oh, but it just okay. was a big okay. rectangle yeah. through the middle. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, those are the, I mentioned this in the 50 Years of 911 film. That era of Porsche was right around the time I first started noticing cars. And so anytime I see a Porsche with that wheel, it resonates with me. There's another question about people doing three-spoke wheels and having a spoke right down the center, and they like to drive with their hands at the 6 o'clock position and can't anymore. I mean, what we're talking about here across the board is personal preference on hand placement. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, yeah. a two-spoke wheel shouldn't get in the way of your – Ten and uh, not not ten and two, but nine and three placement. Ten and two is what we're supposedly told. Nine and three is better. Yes, Hopefully, yes. that two spoke wheel doesn't. I never drive at the bottom of the wheel. I yeah, never do. I, I, I think it has something to do with my size. It, I've never been comfortable with that, so I've never done it. So I can't speak to that. But again, it comes into that other thing. We had somebody that made the comment that we couldn't possibly be car enthusiasts because we weren't worried about putting our uh, windows down on the super piece. I mean, I, these comments are fascinating to me because we hear all the different sides of this car culture. Steering wheels are one of the many style choices, and I think BMW is a great example. We just had a BMW that we drove. Mm-hmm. Yes, Same wheel yes. that's in every single car they make right now. Tyler B. asks, what our take is on finding service for a car that doesn't have a dealership close by? For example, Alfa Romeo dealerships are few and far between, but the closest to Tyler is over two hours away. Would a Chrysler and Dodge dealership be willing to work on it? Yeah, quite possibly. Give them a call and ask. You know, you can say, hey, you're an FCA dealer, so would you order the parts? Do you have anybody who's authorized to work on these kinds of cars? But to be honest, there are, when you can find them, there are some independent shops that are mm-hmm. willing. We yeah. are blessed to have one near us that we would trust our cars with. Funny enough. Mm-hmm. Now, I still take the Porsche to an independent mechanic, but yeah, yeah. you know, in a pinch, I they they wouldn't do me wrong. Let's put it that way. And they have enough good mechanics on staff. They're working on the Phaeton and the Maserati. Let's yeah, put it are. that way. <laughs> Two old, very finicky exotics mm-hmm. to them and exotics to everybody else because of when you have to work on them, they're like, Volkswagen did what? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. The engine code was... <sighs> you I, remember Maserati with its thermostat implausibility code that it threw. <laughs> well, and I take the Lotus Elise in there and I'm the only one taking my Elise in there. And they've done fun. Honestly, yeah. they've done some better work on my Elise than some folks that I had had recommended to me that work on Elise's specifically. And so these guys are good. You got to find a good independent. There was, I don't have it in front of me, but there was somebody that asked the question about, would you Paul own a Cayman if you didn't have a good independent mechanic and only could take it to the dealer? Would you even bother? Uh, yes. And I have been in that situation. The first game and I had, I only took it to the dealer just because it was around the corner from me. Yeah. It was the closest dealer. For, it, it was, was Rusnak sure. Porsche yeah. in Pasadena. I lived very near the Rose they're Bowl, cheap. Yeah. but they're not cheap. They charged, I think then was three twenty five an hour. And I went, you are kidding. Oh no, me. they've got overhead, baby. They've got overhead and employees to pay. Oh, that's staggering. But it's right there. And I could yeah. walk home. I could drop yeah. it off and walk home. Yeah, I remember that. But then, you know, to find a good independent shop, it's way across town and got to find a ride and all this stuff. So I just was like. So you would have anyway, but you certainly <sighs> took the hit there. Man, yeah, oh, man, that's hit. brutal. That I is the hit. that that horrifies me. Damn it. Patton's asking about uh, heel toe and driving uh, 
Man of Transmission, do you see this? Mm-hmm. He's teaching uh, the woman in his life, yes, who we know as well. He's well, teaching Michelle. her how to uh, how to drive stick, and she's doing okay. But they've done the thing that we all do, which is I need to learn a new skill. Where's the YouTube video? I don't care what it is. Forget cars for a second. I need to learn how to do blank. There's a YouTube video for that. He's watched a lot, which brings him to asking us the question of do we intend to do a video on this? We haven't to this point, obviously. We have not really wanted to just do here's how to drive a stick shift video. I feel like there's some really good ones out there. However, (laughs) our new idea when the the Phaeton and the Maserati go away, we're going to wind up with manual transmission cars. And one of the videos we're going to do is going to be training someone who's never driven a manual how to drive manual on those cars and maybe a little competition in the midst. Yeah. We're not teaching Whoever's watching, we're teaching the person in the driver's seat yes. who is fresh, doesn't yes. know anything, and it's on us. What are our skills to be able to bring that person up to speed mm-hmm. quickly? And so yes, a competition is very apropos. That'll be a little bit different of learn to drive stick because it's going to be your kind of learning with this person. Hopefully, we're excited about that idea. All right. A question from Damon Dickon asking any tips or products you use if you're out being active and need to drive home, but you get good and sweaty because you're working out. Said he forgot a towel or an extra shirt to ride home in. And he doesn't want his car to smell like a locker room. <laughs> you probably have a solve for this, don't you? I do. Of course you do. So I admit to being into magazines. I love magazine, car magazines, architecture. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. Paul has magazines where I didn't know they made paper stock that thick. Honestly, I'll pick up the magazine and be like, this is heavy. And turn a page and be like, this needs like two hands. I'm What's so going on? magazines. Yeah. I find more information in magazines that, that you would have never known about whatever <laughs> website. And so I, I love sure. gear and sure. yeah, architecture and furniture and all this stuff. I love magazines. In those magazines, oh, no. there's advertisements for cologne. You just tear the aqua de Joe thing and you rub it do on you your neck. you do this? Really? I've done this. That's hysterical. You're using the samples to get you home after a sweaty yeah. workout? That is funny. Nobody's going to know. That is hysterically funny. I just go home smelly, and then I walk I've in the house. I've used it once or twice, you know, because... I walk in the house, my wife's like, would you please go shower now? I, I know that yeah, I want you to do whatever, but please go shower now, yeah. It's kind of weird. It's kind of magazines weird. you have. You could chop your head off with that paper cut. That's, that's heinous, yeah. Did you see Clayton's comment here? Uh-uh. Clayton on Facebook said he's been listening to the podcast for a few months, and he can't picture what we're talking about when we say Porsche Cayman. Oh, yeah. And then... Yeah. Yesterday, he saw his first one in the wild, a white woman by him, and he suddenly realized, I need that car. <laughs> Telling you. My favorite is the response comment from Nate who said, good, they're doing their job right. Uh, Clayton, look, this, this is a conversation I've actually had recently. There have been people that have asked us to do this podcast simultaneously as a live stream. We haven't to this point because one of the concerns that I have, and I've seen it a lot because I've listened to a lot of podcasts that have done it, is I feel like that when podcasts start to become visual-based, all of you that are just listening get kind of the stiff arm. You get isolated a little bit because now the people in the room start talking about – the we Paul and I would be talking about the visual that we're showing the people that are seeing the video. Mm-hmm. But all of you listening, which let's be honest, typically in the numbers – sorry, I'm off on a rant. Typically in the numbers, 80 to 90% of your audience is listening – and 10 to 20% is actually watching the video. So I want to play to all of you listening. I'm sorry. That means I can't show you a picture of a Cayman every time we bring it up. But I'm glad you've seen one now. Uh, the short answer is if Paul recommended it, that and that name probably is a Porsche, so you should look it up. Tariq Scott is asking about family SUVs. He says the lease coming up. Got to get a new one. A third row would be handy about once a month to cart around the in-laws. Do you any th- know anything about carting around in-laws? Oh, man. <laughs> 
sigh, I do. eye roll. I actually have enjoyed it in the Phaeton, but uh, anyway, that's a side note. Most of the time, it will only be him and the SUV commuting to work. Only one kid in the equation, plus wife. Should you go three row for the 12 times that we need it or go two row and keep yourself happy? <clears throat> Uh-oh. You can speak better to the in-laws than I can. Fair. I do not have in-laws currently. I understand. I mean, the thing is, I feel like you. this comes back to tools for jobs. You shouldn't okay. buy a three-row SUV if you're going to use it a handful of times out of the year any more than you should buy a pickup to go to get stuff at Home Depot once a quarter. I just don't think it's necessary. I think you get to those places. Look, I'll go you another one. If you need to to buy a bunch of trees, I did this this year because apparently all I do is kill plants. Trees. Yeah, it's insane. (laughs) So uh, all I do is kill things that don't – this is my wife and I have decided. If it can't speak to us, and I'm including the dogs, if it can't speak to us to say, hey, I'm hungry or I need something, we just kill it. Thank God my son and the dogs can say something because oh that, that, we think that may be why they're still alive. Anyway, side note. But, yeah, we're not good with plants. My point is we recently got trees. What did we do? We went to, to, to the local Home Depot, and we did what you do. We rented the truck yeah. for an hour. And you bought trees. We bought trees, and we brushed the truck out took it back. If and then you the have, moose ate them, I think. Oh, well, that, that was one of the times. We're on, like, the second round of trees. <laughs> Don't get me started on the trees. Anyway, the – the the point I'm making here is if you have a way to get a five-seat SUV that will deal with 75 80% of what you're doing, mm-hmm. and occasionally you need more, then rent more when you need more. So you're saying when the in-laws come, rent an expedition or a Suburban. Why not? You know, that's not a bad idea. Because then you have something that's fully usable, and it's not even yours now. Tariq, I was going to suggest like the worst three-row you can possibly buy so they're so uncomfortable and they never come back. But he has to drive it the rest of the time. But that's rude. That's the pro- yeah. He has to drive I it the rest of the that. time. That's the problem. He yeah. has to be in it when it's not being used like that. Yeah. Okay, so there's your solve. Rent the big car and, generally speaking, it will be less expensive if you don't rent the car at the airport. True. Rent it from an in-town rental counter or if yes. you can find somebody on Turo or something like that renting a giant SUV of some sort, mm-hmm. or even a minivan. Yeah, just use that for the week that they're there. Totally, totally. It's a you, lot better. People, honestly, people rent minivans for next to nothing. They do. And this they're, is why they're inexpensive to yeah, rent. For and sure. you, you know, who cares if they get dirty? You just pay the cleaning fee, and you're all good. So, here I am trying to chop trees down. You're trying to plant trees. I'm trying to chop them down. <laughs> yep. We had a conversation about it. Sorry, little little inside baseball here for a minute. We had a conversation, nothing to do with cars recently, where Paul was complaining to my wife about the trees he has on his property that are old and encroaching on his house and he needs to cut them down. I had to and call my an arborist. Wife, my wife is desperate for us to have like one tree on our property that's living. And so there was this complete, you could almost see the storm clouds between their two faces. They were looking at each other realizing that the other one just did not get it. <laughs> I'd hire an arborist to I'm still being scheduled apparently because they're cutting down trees and it's they're so busy. It's summer in Park City. This is when stuff gets done, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for your questions. Really appreciate it. Keep writing to us. Your topic Tuesdays, your car conclusions. You definitely are. I'm seeing car conclusions. It's awesome how many are coming through. So many cool stories coming through. Write to us your stories and we'll share them on the podcast. And also your fun car debates. We love helping people. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>